And welcome in to the Friday edition of Ariva Martin in Real Time. It's hour number two, and we are going to be talking about the Republican debate with a Republican. We talked about this debate yesterday, but now we're going to broaden the scope and get the other, the other perspective here. And thank you, Christopher Walton, former chair of the Democratic Party of Milwaukee County, for sticking around for this hour. And welcome P. Ray Easley, hostess of Black Excellence Hour on WVON 1690 AM Chicago. How are you? I am wonderful. Happy Friday, y'all. Happy Friday. Thanks for being here with us. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, I want to get your top line um, reaction, P. Ray. Well, actually, you know what? What I'd like to do first when we, when we have Republicans on the show, you know, it's, uh, it's a very liberal show. So I'd, I'd mm-hmm. like to get uh, I'd like to get your your where you are on the Republican spectrum from Donald Trump to Mitt Romney. I am 100 percent ten toes down for Donald John Trump Sr., who I affectionately call my Donnie. And I have black Chicago call it my Donnie. My black Donnie. Chicago is de- my Donnie. Okay. We can share him, but he's definitely mine. <laughs> okay. um, and you can we're have going you can definitely to have him. Yeah, no problem. It's enough for everybody. Um, but Black Chicago definitely putting him back in office. We okay. can't wait. So he's going to wait. Hold on, just sidebar. So he's going to win Illinois? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, we'll just. Yeah, the uh, buses coming from Texas were the straw that broke the camel's back. We got 27 buses this week, and 14 are on their way. Okay, we're going to uh, put this, so we're going to put a bookmark on this conversation, and we're going to talk after he definitely loses Illinois. But for now... Well, don't say that. You don't know unless they cheat. But Cook County, Black Chicago, where the majority of the votes come from in the state, are we're definitely voting for Trump. There is no way on God's green earth that the children of the Mississippi cotton pickers are going to vote for a government that allows illegals to get our tax dollars. Nope. Okay, we are in for a great conversation, I can tell. Yes, uh, so uh, I just want to just ask, though, he did lose Illinois both times he ran before, right? He did. Okay. Um, that, yes, he did. But okay. we're under totally different circumstances. When you have thousands of people sleeping outside of your police stations and you have people sleeping at the airport and you have women and children begging on the side of your road looking like a third world country oh it'll make you change your mind very quickly okay well they didn't change it after 20 after four years of uh, donald trump well, we'll, we'll get back to that honey. we'll it get back fun. to that yeah let's get let's move on so it's for the for the debate what's your top line reaction to the debate i think that it was a tryout for the vice presidential candidate um and it was you know they they are all doing a really good job uh with their tryouts i guess um, but nothing, nothing in particular said anything presidential about this because, again, my Donnie is going to be the nominee. Um, but I do like, out of all of them, I liked Burgum the most. Oh, and I said that wow. I had the mm-hmm, yep, I had the opportunity to go to the first debate that was held in Milwaukee. I drove from Chicago and went, and actually sat next to Carrie Lake. She's a lot of fun. And then this one, I just watched at home. Um, but Burgum seems to be the most concise and the most logical when they're on the stage to me. So you're you're a fan of logical. I am a fan of high logic. Okay, so no uh, emotion. So Christopher Walton, I want to get your thoughts on uh, your top line reaction to the debate last night, or not last night, but Wednesday night. <laughs> it, feels, it feels good to get reelected. That's what it feels like. This is watching them on that stage. The top line reaction I got, boy, it is amazing to see that none of you, absolutely not one single one of you, will ever be president of the United States. 
And, oh, my God, and this is the crew they throw up against Donald Trump? A man who has no who has no God-given right to be president of the United States? Let's let Chris finish. Let's let Chris finish. We let you finish. Let, let, let's let Chris finish. You're right. He does meet every single criteria, including uh, being banned for leaving the insurrection. But, you know, we'll let the we'll let the courts decide on that one. OK, uh, uh, go ahead. Um, go ahead, P. Ray. You were going to say. Oh, I'm sorry. I was saying uh, just to respond to what you mean, that he doesn't have any God-given right. He's definitely an American, and he meets every constitutional qualification. So he has every right to do it, just like any other American who meets the qualifications. And January 6th was, they, I believe, our Congress investigated that, and they tried to impeach him on that, and they failed to meet their burden of proof. So are we still discussing this in 
all you see is that it's Nike. Paul Vallis is a registered Chicago Democrat, as was everybody else in the Yeah, race. he was, of course, a, but that doesn't mean that he exactly. was, is a true Democrat. That, that's the point of being he a, a Democrat in Republicans, Party. Republican Democrats' clothing. Anyway, let's go to Fahima, who's calling in from D.C. Welcome, Fahima, to the show. Yes, greeting, Ami, and greeting to your guests. I wanted to share something with the sister that I'd like her to check out for herself. Please hear me out. The crisis in Venezuela was started because Donald Trump placed sanctions on Venezuela, seized their assets, and he tried to install this guy from Florida, Valdo, as the president. So this oil-producing country that even provided low-income oil to low-income people in in the United States when Hugo, since the time of Hugo Chavez, is now having people fleeing and coming to the U.S. seeking asylum as a direct result of the efforts of Donald Trump. Donald Trump created the crisis in Venezuela with the migrants coming here. And most of the crises are the proximate cause of American foreign policy propping up dictators, destabilizing these countries economically. I'd like the sister to go and look it up for herself. To see, I'm not making it up just that she doesn't believe Paul Valance is, in fact, a conservative. Please look it up for he's yourself. He's a registered sister. Republican. Actually, I mean, he's a registered okay. Democrat, but to your point, I'm ma'am, to your about, point, I'm talking I have about wait a minute. No, no, ma'am. Let's talk about Venezuela. Hold on. Let's talk about Venezuela. I'm just using Yes, ma'am. Let's talk about Venezuela. Hold on, hold on there, P. Ray. Let's let Fahima yeah, finish. Donald Trump created the crisis, just as most of the crisis. Not true. Please look it up, ma'am. I'm not making this up. You no, it came after Hugo Chavez. After the death uh, of Hugo Chavez. Hold on, hold on. Let's, 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 everyone, we're going to take, we're going to take a pause here because we're not going to do what they did at the messy, sloppy Republican debate on Wednesday and have people talking over each other. So, P. Ray, let Fahima finish, and then we will hear what you have to say in response. Okay, I come in peace. I'm not coming to attack your sister. I'm just asking, please look it up. Several years ago, Donald Trump, during his term, froze the assets of Venezuela and tried to make this guy from Florida the president. The guy graduated from George Washington University right here, He and he tried to switch the president of Venezuela. He created the crises in Venezuela, causing those people to come. And this is the oil-producing country. They have no reason they have economic stuff. Please look it up for yourself. All right, Fahima, thanks for the thanks for the call. Appreciate you. Your response, P. Ray. I've looked this up for myself uh, several times. I've also had the opportunity to go to the police stations and talk to these people myself. And they are running from Maduro. They're not running Which because people have of you the talked sanctions. To? The, the Venezuelans who are living up here at the police stations, Again, they're at every police station so around Chicago. And so I have not talked to all of them, but enough of them to find out exactly what's going on. How many? And what I found out was this, let's say 2530. You talked to 2530 Venezuela? Yes. Okay. People who are living at the gas station, I mean, at the police station. Have you talked to any? Do you, do you have any of okay, these so conversations? Do you have any let's, of, I'm going to let you finish. Do you have any of these conversations okay. recorded so we can we can see what they said? Uh, I, absolutely. 
absolutely. I'll go and do one tomorrow and send it to you. That would be, be great. That would be great. So, um, what, so what I learned from these people, um, they're really, really nice. We got people who are Native, like Native Americans. You got black ones. You got white ones. It's a whole hodgepodge of people up there. They are running from Maduro. Maduro is running a very violent regime where people are getting their limbs cut off. It's really, really bad. But one thing that they shared with me that really made me think about it, um, what their other options could have been, is that they left Venezuela and they walked across nine countries in order to get to the U.S. border. And even if Venezuela is not stable enough for them to go to a U.S. embassy, those eight other countries do have stable countries and a U.S. embassy. Asylum starts at the embassy and the consulate, not through a hole in the gate. All right, so and Chris, I will never, ever accept that. All right, so Chris, did you, you want to respond to that or do you want to get back to the debate? I just want to give you an opportunity if you want to say anything. You know, first of all, it's always nice to meet an endangered species. A Chicago Republican is a beautiful thing to meet. And Don't I call me out my name. There are plenty of us. My name is P. Ray, not an endangered species. Look, I look forward to seeing Illinois go I look forward to seeing Illinois go red <laughs> in the 2024 elections, if that's what she expects. But, you know, the situation is a, it's purely humanitarian situation. We have people who are fleeing for their lives because of the policies of the last administration who are moving to the United States in search of a better life. We are literally the nation of immigrants. That's what we say. Now, I know, you know, the modern Republican Party isn't good on standing on contractual agreements because they follow their leader. So we just go with whatever we say at the moment. But the policy, the stance of the United States, is we are a golden door open for everybody to come in. And these are refugees, political refugees fleeing a bad situation. So we should be treating them as the refugees that they are and allowing them safe passage into our country. But that's another conversation for another day. Because what the real problem is, is not that the buses are coming to Chicago. It's that these Republican governors in Florida... Rhonda Stupid and Rick Perry. Not Rick Perry. Um, Rick out their names. Don't do that. That's so sassy. Don't do that. Don't call people. You call me out of my name. You call DeSantis out of his name. Don't do that. I never called you out of your name. He didn't call you out of your name. I never called you out of your name. You called you out of that's that's yeah. Like, that's out of my name. My name. That's is not Ray calling Honey. you a name. That's that's saying that you are you are in a category. But anyway, well, that's that's semantics that we're not going to get further into because we didn't have this conversation to talk about I Venezuela. I'm on here to be fast. That's all. We're on, we're having a serious political debate about Black Chicago. About Black. We're, we're having a, well, we're having a debate about the debate is what we were was what you yeah. were calling in to talk about the Republican uh-huh. debate. So let's and get so, back to that. Let's get back to that real right. quick. So. Uh, you said that you were a fan of Doug Burgum. I'm not even sure why Doug Burgum was on that stage. I, you know, he he was interrupting everybody. He, he I, I don't, I'm, he's not going to be at the next debate. I can almost guarantee you that. But I'm surprised that you are a such a Trump fan, and you like um, Doug Burgum because I feel like Vivek Ramaswamy is more along the lines of a Donald Trump. Maybe a oh, Ron no. DeSantis. Vivek uh, is a Negro phobe. To his core, he is a Negro phobe. I tell everybody, if you vote for Vivek Ramaswamy, you are supporting a Negro phobe. He, all of his policies, before we made him take it off his website, he came here to Chicago and he told us the first thing that he was going to do was get rid of affirmative action and, um, and quota-based federal hiring. Wait, so are, so are you, are you in favor of affirmative action? Just real quick, are you in favor of affirmative oh. action? 
no. And let me tell you why I don't like affirmative action. If it was just Negro specific, yes, I would be 100 um, percent pro affirmative action. But because the Negro benefits the least and white women benefit the most, along with foreigners, that has nothing to do with me or my people's trauma. So get rid of it all. And then we can come up with something Negro specific. OK, so what did about she just say Negro? She, she did. Negro. And let me tell you why I use the word Negro instead of black. Black refers to anybody of African descent. Excuse me, you asked me a question, let me answer it. Black refers to anybody of of African descent. Negro refers to the freedmen, the 40 million person tribe that does not belong to the immigrant class. The Negro is eligible for reparations due to our place in this country. Do you believe in reparations? Absolutely. Cut the check. My oh, people from Tula, oh. Mississippi. You know, yes. Democrats are, are the party of Republicans, though. So what's what? No, where, where no, are Republicans no. The at Democrats on that? Democrats are the party of the Confederacy. Always remember Let, that. Uh, hold, <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Now, the party, we can go back and forth about, you know, who used to be Democrats and used to be Republicans. So now Democrats, absolutely, there's a lot of history of racism in the Democratic Party and in the Republican Party. We're talking about currently, right now, the Democrats. 2023, the, exactly. the party of Confederacy. Now, ma'am, I ma'am, what, what you're not going to do is cut me off. So, go ahead, I'm sorry. What, what the party right now, the Democratic Party right now, is strongly in favor of reparations for black Americans. The Republican Party is not at all in favor of reparations for black Americans. Am I right or wrong? Absolutely wrong. H.R. 40 has languished in committee my entire life. We've had Democrat presidents during that time. We've had Democrat Senate, Democrat Congress. Nobody is pushing it. It's not a party. Nobody's pushing it. Nobody's pushing it. We have a we have a commission here in California, a, a reparations committee. We have one in Chicago. And they're I mean, Democrats, and, and they're Democrats, right? And they're Democrats who have the, who are on the committee, right? Correct, just like okay, HR forty. Okay. That's okay. So, where are the Republicans? What Republican years. supports reparations? Where is the Democrats? They're having conversations. I just told you. That doesn't mean we're getting attacked. Where are the Republicans? They're doing, they're doing a commission. Where are the because Republicans? Where, where are the Democrats? Where are the Democrats? Actually, when 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 the people in California said they were going to get reparations, wait a minute. After they said they were going to get reparations, Galvin Newsom, your Democratic governor not only said, I'm not Gavin, paying y'all Negro, not Galvin, but all Gavin. Gavin, excuse me, Gavin, let's say Governor Newsom, he said, not only am I not paying y'all, but I don't even have the money to pay you. Okay, so let's not make it seem like the, we're going to get our reparations. not a thing that happened. Tap, tap to the back of a Democratic donkey. That's no, neither party cares. Listen, we got to step aside it's for a break. Specific. Neither party cares. That's false. Now you're just obfuscating. Now you're trying no, to you're trying false. to both sides. So we're gonna we're gonna no. come back to this conversation. We're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna give you this next break to come up with a Republican or a, you know ideally a handful, but at least a Republican who is in favor of reparations for Black people. And I will come up with specific names for you of Democrats Why? who are in favor I, because I, you're. That's not, that's we're gonna not, we're gonna put you on hold. We're gonna you. put you on hold right. because we're going to a break. And I'm making a statement because the reason why is because this is what Republicans do. They try to make it seem like both sides are the same and they're not the same. So we're going to get back to this conversation when we come forward after this news, traffic and sports update right here on KBLA Talk 1580. You're listening to Ariva Martin in real time on KBLA Talk 1580. 
And it is the Friday edition of Ariva Martin in Real Time. Avi Bernard here with you every Friday from 4 to 6 p.m. Pacific. Very grateful to be joined by Christopher Walton, former chair of the Democratic Party of Milwaukee County, and P. Ray Easley, hostess of Black Excellence Hour on WVON 1690 AM Chicago. And we're talking about the Republican debate. And it, it, in the course of our conversation, it became known that P. Ray is in favor of reparations. Uh, that's, that is a position that you and I share and that I wish more Americans shared and I wish more Republicans shared. But I, I did find a clip of a very prominent Democrat, the current vice president of the United States, speaking in favor of reparations. Andy, let's hear it. So when we're talking about recognizing the inequalities, the inequities, it's not about saying I'm trying to take from those who have achieved success if they've played by the rules and worked hard. Good for you. Keep it. But I am saying we need to be honest and address that not everyone has an equal opportunity Absolutely. to access to success. And we've got to address that. OK, so now, P. Ray, can you just tell me a Republican who is in favor of reparations? Um, I, I didn't look, honey. I don't know. So there aren't any. There are plenty. Actually, I sent you a, an email. I'm sure you got it um, about the black the support of black Republicans for reparations. Uh, that's what I looked for, and that's what I right found. Now. But I, oh uh, yeah, you should check it. Um, but I didn't Doing look for show. any specific uh, thought leaders. Um, we took a break, but um, I didn't look for any specific uh, politicians. But what I will say about our vice president, who is also my soror is that she also built her career locking up black mothers. So what we're so not going to we do, hold up, about hold up, somebody, hold up, wait hold up, a minute, no, you brought up, no, not me, up, you brought her up. Hold up. You brought her up. Yes, don't, I did. I don't look at her hold, as a, a champion second. of black hold people. Hold on a second. We're asking, we're talking about a very specific issue of reparations. I, I get it. Hold on. So we're talking mm -hmm. about a very specific issue of reparations. So I was just asking if you could name any Republicans who are who are in support of reparations. You could not. So we're going to move on no, to the next I not. subject. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. So Thank let's go you. back to the debate. And who who do you think had the? You said you like Doug Burgum, right? But let's talk about yes. let's talk about Ron DeSantis. Okay. He, he was at one point seen as a major challenger to Donald Trump. Now, what happened? Why isn't he getting more support? Why is Donald Trump beating him by thirty or forty points? Because my Donnie is the man. There was never any competition. Can we DeSantis get to, like, like specifics, though? Specifics, though. Like, what about Ron DeSantis? No, no, you ask me why. I'm going to tell you why. Number one, he was never any competition. Number two, I think that he got a really bad rap in the national media, especially when it came to that AP African-American history course. A lot of people made it seem like he didn't want them to learn about black people in our in our um, contributions to this country. However, if you dug a little deeper, what he really said is that they tried to convolute the African-American history class with the LGBTQIA plus movement, and absolutely not. I was so happy that he said no, because that has nothing to do with us. But they didn't put out that portion of his argument, but I definitely played it for Black Chicago on WZON. See, there is a very concerted effort right now to paint the Republicans as the racist, white boogeyman. But people, any black person who's living in any major metropolis in this country knows for a fact that we're all suffering under Democratic leadership. we got to tell the truth about that. We're, we're, we're drowning in it right now. We're drowning because of failed liberal okay. Democrat policies. 
Okay, and so, I don't understand how anybody who's literate and black could be championing this in 2023. Okay, so we'll, we'll get to Tom, who's on the line in just a second. But uh, Chris, uh, I want to give you a chance to respond. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to this. This is insane. Um, so let me try to figure out how to unpack some of this stuff. I'm going to just start from what was the newest one of, of black black history being conflated with LGBT history. As a black and an LGBT, I can assure you that we are not separate events. They, we, ex- we coexist. Because if it was not for a black gay man, Byron Rustin, helping put together the March on Washington, we wouldn't have them had... We wouldn't have had the March on Washington uh, or the ideas of nonviolence that uh, Martin Luther King was able to push forward. Um, but we'll continue on down that road. So, wow, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, <laughs> black history, all of black history, the whole of it, it should be taught. Because this is an amazing story of growing in this nation that did not necessarily want us or anything other than work. In the Confederacy, where in the South, where those people were, where they had us enslaved, that is a history of struggle that we overcame. And when we overcame from being Negro to being African Americans and Black, um, you know, it, it's an amazing story that should be told to every part of the world, let alone every single classroom in America, because it is, an, it is a quintessential American story of a people who were put down and abused and held back who still overcame and did what we have to do in spite of the systemic issues that this government allowed to happen to the point where we actually had been in places where we had taken over this government. We have had a president, a vice president, a, two chairs of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. We're getting ready to have a black speaker at the House. We've had all of these different roles now in spite of the things that the conservatives in this nation have put upon the black community. And, and for there to be a concerted effort now to push that back shows you just how strong that effort has been and how it's not going to stop. We're going to keep pushing forward. All right, let's go to... Well, the, I just, before we take the caller, I'm sorry, can I respond really quickly, really, really quickly? In 20 black seconds, please. History will, give, me, give me 30 seconds. Black history has nothing to do with how one chooses to achieve their orgasm. Nothing. So, again, we can talk, yes, LGBTQIA plus people did it, and they did it because they were black, not because they enjoyed a specific type of orgasm. Uh, I'm not, I'm not, hold on a second. I'm not sure what, you're, what, what, what that means. What, 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 so I'll tell you what that means. So the difference between homosexuality and heterosexuality is one's preference of how you choose to have sex. That's Your not, preference of how you choose true. to have sex does not have anything to that's, do with black history. Why is it about? Why is it just movies. about sex? Why is it just about sex? It's, it's about because don't make it about sex. It's not a thing. Okay. It's literally called sex. All right, so, so, all right, so Chris, uh, uh, since she got another thirty seconds, I'm gonna give you a chance to respond to what she said if you like. Because conservatives have to make it about sex. Otherwise, it's not an issue that will get people going. If you notice, all oh, the gays are coming to take your kids. No, we're not. If anything, we're coming to take them to show them that you can be somebody who you are. You can be who you are. We're not coming to take anybody's kid. We're not making any. We're not making anybody's kids be gay. If you haven't noticed, you don't really see gay families just all over the television just making people gay. You know, I've seen more straight people on television than I've seen gay people. I can assure you, I grew up in a two-parent household. I still ended up gay. 
It wasn't because I didn't see straight people. So, you know, it just – the conservative movement has to make it a sex thing because that gives that ill factor that gets people going when literally – you want to know what the gay agenda is? Leave me alone. Let me live my yes, life. I agree. Yeah. I hold on, hold on, hold on a second. We're going to – we have to take this caller. Let's go to Tom and Irvine. Tom, thanks, thanks for being patient and thanks for calling. What's on your mind? Hi. Yes. <clears throat> First of all, your guest, uh, it's the Democratic Party. It's not the Democrat Party. That's a slur that goes back to Joe McCarthy. And also, <clears throat> the, uh, the Democratic Party back in the Civil War era was the conservative party. So if your guest is claiming to be a conservative, then if she was alive during the 1860s, she would have been a Democrat. And the party swapped platforms over time, where the Republican Party used to be progressive, and the Democratic Party used to be conservative, and now it's the opposite. And it, and it happened slowly over time, and now all of the Republicans, it's really a conservative versus progressive, more than a Democratic versus Republican. Right. And your guest needs to know that. Very well said, Tom. They, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, finish. Well, yeah, it, it's just a right-wing talking point. They always say, oh, the Democratic Party is the party of slavery. Well, yeah, that's true, but... The Demo- it's actually the conservatives are the party of slavery, not it's it's once again it's re- it's uh, progressive versus uh, conservative, not democratic versus republican. Your your guess there is clearly conservative. Right. Well, right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, Tom. Thank you for that. Thank you for that call and very well put. And that's what we were talking about earlier. That's why I said, you know, we don't need to get back into into this whole uh, who used to be what because um, President Lincoln was a republican but he was he was liberal like republicans back then they were not conservative like that that's why lincoln what uh, is frederick douglas what is frederick douglas he's the he's the, the the king of the black conservative movement he was a black republican he, nothing about him was liberal like we were saying what are we talking about here ma'am, ma'am. okay look sir <sighs> let's 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 move on to the debate because that's what we're here to talk about and uh, we're trying to stay focused, um, uh-huh. and Andy is telling me we have to take a break, but we will we will get back to this conversation um, in just a moment. And as as I was saying, Republicans used to be liberal, and Democrats used to be conservative, and that changed uh, over time. As as Tom very eloquently put, we, it's it's a whole it's a whole thing that we can have a whole different show about. But we're not going to do that right now. So when we come forward, mm-hmm. we're going to continue this conversation about the debate right here on KBLA Talk 1580. And it's Friday edition of Reva Martin Real Time. Avi Bernard here with you, and I'm joined by P. Ray Easley and Christopher Walton. And uh, we are almost uh, at the point where I will be able to take an excedrin when the show is over because I will definitely need it. Tylenol is not going to be enough. All right, so let's uh, let's get back to this discussion. Uh, so P. Ray Easley, what's up with Mike Pence? Why why do conservatives not like Mike Pence? He, he served under Trump well, faithfully have, for four years. Yeah, because Mike Pence just, we in the conservative party, of, yes, the conservatives, we like masculine men. Um, that's the first thing. <laughs> and, and I'm for real, we love masculine men. So Mike so Pence he, is not masculine. Yeah, I let, let me, no, um, he's masculine, but he is not someone who stands on his words. What, what Mike Pence does, he's actually helping my Donnie. Because as he's standing up there defending his record as vice president, he's also defending Maidani's record. 
But instead of him being a partner, he is saying, well, yes, I stood by him and we have all these great accomplishments, but he's a bad person. And that makes him hypocritical. And in my, these are my words, sassy. And nobody want to deal with a sassy, emotional man. Either, either you're pro-Trump and you are proud of what you all did or you aren't. And you can stop talking about it. But playing back and forth, uh-uh. It, it just really turns off the electorate. All right, let's uh, let's uh, what what do you make of this of this indictment or not 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 just indictment, but um this this ruling that Trump has for years uh, lied about his properties. Uh, why why do you think that wasn't brought up about the debate? Basically, he he might end up losing his apartment in Trump Tower and and many other assets within his business because he purposely for decades misvalued his his properties depending on who he was giving the information to. If he was trying to get mm-hmm. loans, he would um, he would say that the properties were worth more than they were. If he was trying to, mm-hmm. if he was uh, filing his taxes, he would say the properties were worth less than they were. So he paid less taxes. So mm-hmm. um, why wasn't that brought about the debate last night? Because nobody cares. <laughs> nobody, nobody. So you cares. don't care. So you don't Matter, care that. So you don't if, care if, that he was lying. No, all those I years. couldn't care less. Couldn't care less. If they don't put him on the ballot, we're gonna write it in every show. I spell that name. T R U M P. If they don't put him on the ballot, we know how to spell it. Trump, I mean, it's a very easy name to spell. No, I'm telling you. You ask me a question. What we say here in Chicago is vote Trump or learn Spanish. We couldn't care less about any of those indictments. Okay, so couldn't care less. Okay, well, this this isn't just an indictment though. This is a ruling. That, that, that yeah, I mean, even the ruling. Who cares? It's not my money. So okay, so so you oh, okay. All right, I hear you. So let me ask you this: So you don't care that he was lying all those years? I I don't care that he did business that way. I couldn't care less. So ethics does not mean anything to you. Ethics means a lot to me, but if you're familiar with the real estate business, you know it's all about valuation. And those people did not tell the truth, especially about Mar-a-Lago, that that judge uh, valued at $18.5 million when there's a vacant lot next to Mar-a-Lago that's worth $150 million. So we already can see, if you read the ruling and compare it to facts of what those Palm Beach lots are worth, you can see right there that that's not true. So again, I couldn't care less. So I don't think about it. It doesn't. It hasn't impacted my view so at all. So you said you don't care that he did business that way, uh, and it's. I think that's that's pretty sad because it, uh, ethics should mean anything. He wasn't. He wasn't I'm not a therapist. He was That's how you feel. I'm here. I do about feel that way. Yeah, exactly. I, I do feel, feel that way. And I don't care. Well, you're you're not I, just talking about the facts because you're saying you don't care about this thing. And he wasn't just lying about valuation. He was lying about square footage. He was lying about the actual size of his properties, too, if it benefited him. But so, what I'm saying is that ruling is not based in fact. It is based in fact. It, it, Doug, no, it's not. That how is Doug it not based in fact? See, this, at $18.5 million. Is, are you, all are you a land, real estate agent? When agent? they have vacant land at $150 million. Are you a real estate That's agent? That's not logical, huh? Are you a real estate agent? I'll, I'll put it. I'll, I, I'm a, I have I'm a been real estate agent. I work in finance. So you're not a real estate agent. I'm working fine. That's so my job. So you're not a real estate agent. Mm-hmm. I'm going to jump in right no, here. No, but I am, okay, a, I, I am a financial hold professional. Hold on one second, Chris. Hold on one second, Chris. I take care of that. Uh, uh, but you're not a real estate agent, and so you are not no, qualified not. to value property. So your assessment does not matter. Chris, go ahead. Can we take anything seriously that Donald Trump said when he put he was 215 pounds on an official government document? Who cares? How sassy is that? Nobody cares that this we man care. said that he doesn't we, weigh what he weighs. A lot of people I care. Said the same. A lot of Everybody people care. puts this on there. No. He's no, lying. You're going to take 100 pounds off? Maybe, maybe like 10 or 15, we don't but you're going to take 100? 
We don't care. He's not 315 pounds. He's Come on, be three, serious. He's at least three, no, he's not 300 pounds. He's I've, seen, I've met this man several times. He's a good, I've met him several times at the White House. This man is a good, I'll give him 250. You know, but he's definitely <laughs> not 300. And if he saved off 35 pounds on his 35. ID, so what? 35. So what? Okay, so what? okay look, listen, listen, this is, this, is, this is fine. This is what we're doing. We're, we are making it clear that honesty is not important to some people who support Donald Trump. That's, that's Well, if thing. that's how you feel it, honey, those are your feelings. I can't, uh, I can't say anything about your feelings. That's, that's not a feeling. It's a fact. You said you don't care. So that's, that's the fact. That's I, what said, you I said I don't care. I don't care that the man said that, that his name on his ID is different. You don't care that he lied about, about that and, or anything that's else. So, that has nothing to do with the fact that this country has significantly declined since he left office. Who cares about a 35 pound difference? You mean, oh, okay, hold on a second. So you do remember COVID happened when he was in office and largely. I, do. I okay. had COVID twice. I lost my grandmother and my aunt. I lost the matriarchs on both sides of my family to COVID and I had it twice. I remember COVID. Yeah, and, yes. I, and I'm very sorry to hear that. And my condolences to you and your family. And one of the mm-hmm. reasons why COVID was running so rampant was because he ignored it for so long and he didn't take the proper measures. But before we get out of here, before we get mm-hmm. out of here, P. Ray, um, this this debate, Chris Christie, give me your thoughts on Chris Christie. Chris Christie needs to sit down. He is washed up like a jerry curl in the beeper. Nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody cares about Chris Christie. All right, Chris uh, Christopher Walton, uh, before we run out of time, I want to give you uh, another opportunity to... Uh, to, to uh, leave us with whatever you like. Whew. Um, <laughs> you know, there are moments in time where where decades happen, and there are decades where moments happen. This has been one of those moments where it felt like a decade. And I assure you that with this mindset coming out of Chicago, I look forward to four more years of President Biden and Vice President Harris. And the Democratic Congress. All right. Well, P. Ray, we really do appreciate your time. Um, and, You're welcome. And we really appreciate you taking time to come on the show and for being brave. And um, we know. Oh, that- ain't nobody scared of y'all. I'm from Chicago, honey. Yeah. Anytime. Yes, I was giving you a compliment. Absolutely. And so, I know. I'm saying no for real. Anytime. Thank you. All right. Appreciate it. Have a good weekend. Mm-hmm. And, and, good night, love. All right. Take care. And Chris, I always appreciate you. Um, you know, you're, you're, uh, consistent and, and really appreciate your analysis and, um, and, and having a sense of humor about it too, because we definitely need that. I'm, I'll be sending you my bill for Advil on this. <laughs> hey, I, I'm going to send you, I'm going to send you a, a, a overnight FedEx of whatever pain reliever <laughs> you like, because I'm going to need to stop at the drugstore and get some myself. Like I said, oh, uh, oh my God. <laughs> I'm not. This an ex- was fun, though. It, it was fun. It was fun. It was, you know, this, this, as much as I used to be in the, in the boat of, I don't like, ha- I don't like to have these conversations. Sometimes we have to, because people need to see the delusion that is there. Right. Um, but, uh, but Chris, um, where can we find you on social media? Chris Walton, MKE. I'm sure I'll have something to say about this. <laughs> <laughs> and it will be quite sassy. I can assure you. <laughs> sass. Lots of sass on this show. Uh, all right, Chris. I appreciate you. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, when we come forward, the next voice you hear will be Robin Ayers with The Raw Report, bringing you the latest in entertainment news. And you yourself have a great weekend as well. I'm Avi Bernard, and I am gone.